As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Leaf Report. This is Clark here. Hello, everybody. James, I did not think that we would be recording this type of podcast today. I thought we would be looking ahead to game two, or game two, round what? two. Why Why did you think that? Well... You've covered this team a long time. I just didn't think that this would happen to this particular team, but... Well, yeah, I mean, was the last one we did after game four? I mean, after game four, I was like, well, I guess they're finally going to like, you know... <laughs> I think fi- we did one after game five, actually, didn't we? I yeah, remember. I believe we did. Okay. But to your point, like we expected them to win in game five. We expected them to win in game six. Obviously, they did not. Um, and, and for Leaf fans, like this is this is really difficult, understandably. And this is difficult for the organization. It's difficult for the players. I, Nobody. I was yeah. going to say, Jonas, what kind of a masochist is going to want to listen to this podcast on the day of game seven? Well, the series is not over. Like as much as it, it may feel that way based on the disappointment, a lot of people uh, who root for the team may feel that, like they just need to win one game and then none of this matters. They move on to the second round and who knows what happens. It almost feels like it's at the point, Jonas, where like a lot of fans, like if they win, they're just going to be, they're still going to be as pissed off as... Maybe. But you know what can happen, James? Like it can be one of those things where you you see this in sports all the time where it takes a a lot to get over that first hurdle. And then once you get over that first hurdle, you 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 kind of get on track. You don't have your second line center or one of your best defensemen and... Yeah, but like, it, is that has that never happened in sports where teams play without injured players? Like, it happens. Like, it's not no, it's not but insurmountable I, that they can't beat Winnipeg without Jake Muzzin or John Tavares. I just I, I think the level of optimism in the Leafs has been well significantly damaged over the last whatever week, 
not not just with the injuries, but just with the team, the way the team is played, and understandably, they're gonna. It's gonna be. It's gonna be hard. I mean, if even if they win Game Seven, Winnipeg's gonna be very rested and and healthy, and it, that's gonna be a hard series as well. So, especially, I mean, we don't know how long Jake Muzzin's out. I suspect it's a while. Um, we don't know. I mean, John Tavares is obviously going to try and try and get back as soon as he can, but you don't want to rush that one either. So, okay, we'll, we'll we'll get into that some that stuff a little later, James. Let's let's talk first about Game Six, and then let's get into Game Seven. Talk about Matthews and Marner. We'll take a few questions. Um, game Six kind of played out very similarly to Game Five, where the the Leafs just didn't start very well. They weren't sharp. They looked tentative and, and Montreal kind of took the game to them. That said, like there were moments where they had opportunities to score and if they score, maybe the game changes. But I mean, like everyone else, it, it was surprising to see them start that way for the second game in a row. I agree, Jonas. <laughs> they, you know what? So so often this season they scored the first goal in a game and they haven't been able to do that in, in games five and six. And, um, you yeah. know, I, th- I think that that would have would have helped their their tentativeness or whatever. I mean, Carey Price has been fantastic in the series. I mean, it's a big factor. You know, it's, 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 there have been, the last two games, there have been multiple instances where he's made really, really remarkable saves. And, um, you know, especially on the Leafs' best players. You know, if you would have told us before the series, we'd be sitting here going into game seven and Matthews and Marner had combined for one goal and Jack Campbell had been really good, <laughs> you know, like I think, I think, yeah. you know, when we talked about coming into the series, you know, there was some concern potentially that, that goal might be an area of, of weakness that hasn't been the case at all. It was the biggest question. And I think it was fairly the biggest question because he had no track record. And Why wasn't the biggest race? question, can the two, two of the best offensive players in the NHL produce offense against... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we didn't see that coming. But but the thing is, like, James, like, you mentioned Carey Price. The longer that game on Saturday went scoreless, and I, I hate scoreless because there is a score. It's just 0-0. Zero, zero. The longer that game went 0-0, zero, zero, the longer you felt like they're they're not going to win this scoreless game. Scoreless like, just means to score is a goal. It just means there's no goals. But there is a score. I know. Yeah, I understand. But, but Let's like, not... I get it. We don't have time for your nonsense. We, we, we have started. To s- you started the nonsense. <laughs> All right, fair. Um, but it just it just didn't feel like that they were that they had it. it. It felt like if Montreal got that first goal, it was over. And obviously, the first goal comes from Corey Perry on a power play. I I don't know why they challenged that. I mean, it's just going to be one nothing, right? Like one of my favorite sayings, Jonas. You know what? They galaxy brain that one. Yes, like they they galaxy brained that one so hard, and I think what they were thinking is that we we don't have anything going here, and and we don't want to give up. We won't don't want to go down one nothing in the third period. If there's any chance that maybe they're going to overturn this, then then let's try and like they were they were reeling so much that they they galaxy brained it really hard. That's what happened. Well, in the worst case scenario, obviously plays out. Montreal scores again, and it's just like that. That's it. And obviously, it wasn't it because they managed to come back. But it's just like game five. You put yourself in this deep hole and then you have to come back. Um, this reminds me of it reminds yeah. me of the 2013 Boston series just with how crazy it is and like the momentum swings and like just like there's just like there's so much nonsense going on. Or maybe 2019 is a good example too. 
Well, and obviously, well before this, they lose Jake Muzzin. They're playing with 5D. Um, Justin Hall did, did not have a good night even when Muzzin was healthy, and that's a factor going into Game 7. Uh, but then they come back and they, they tie the game. Like it's Jonas, I, I don't know that fans on the day of Game 7 want to relive every moment of Game 6, I got to say. Okay, so you want to speed this up? You want to just start looking at the <laughs> I don't know. Out? I mean, we can go I mean, through. I mean, like, we have to, we have we to can talk go through, about the game. Like, we can it's go a, through. It's a crazy game. Two days later, we have to, we can go through every play if you want. Then what happened? Okay. Then TJ, uh, Jason Spezza gets the big goal. He's had a, a remarkable series. TJ Brody steps up with nice. the. Okay, thank you. Nice, nice, nice goal. Uh, you know, he scored one goal all season and then he gets gets the big goal and feels like there's some momentum and goes into overtime. Leafs are playing really well in overtime. They're controlling play. They've got all the, you know, I think a, the chances would have been almost all Leafs except, except remember earlier when you said that Jake Muzzin was out and they had to play with 5D and some different guys had to step up? That was their downfall. Dun, 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 dun. Travis Dermott makes some sort of weird spinorama play for no reason with very little pressure on him in the defensive zone, gives the puck up, and... Uh, That's it. And that was the game. All right. So, James, um, we're looking ahead to game seven, and I want to, in our quote of the week, hear from Sheldon Keefe. Um, this was from Sunday, um, and to me, this is probably exactly what he said to the players. Uh, he said it to the media, but you can imagine being on one of these calls or whatever and this is what Sheldon Keefe had to say about game seven. You think it's my fault? Is that what you're saying? saying you're, is that what you're saying? saying that you're is that what you're saying? Okay. I need more emotion. We need more emotion from everybody. We need people to get angry. We need people to step up and, and be mad and take it personally. Uh, it was just okay. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time for that. <laughs> so you guys can package that someplace, okay? <laughs> You know, as much as it sucks how we got here and what we've been through the last couple of games and we hate it, I really feel, frankly, that we are right where we're supposed to be, where we're facing a Game 7 situation, very difficult task uh, at a time when the other team has momentum, at a time when you start to doubt and question yourself. you got an opportunity here in a Game 7 to, to embrace that and meet that head on and push through it. Last night... Yeah, you know, you feel like shit because what you've been through and you're right there in overtime, you could end the series and you don't get it done. Uh, but you wake up this morning and you think about the opportunity that our team has for everything that they've been through, especially our core guys, uh, to have this opportunity on this stage to be to have this be the moment to, to push through it. I think it's, it's an incredible opportunity. I'm very excited for our team to play. All right. So obviously a lot on the line for the Leafs in, in Game 7. You wrote about this. Let, let's talk about those stakes. Like this is, this would be, as you wrote, worse than the other ones. Um, explain why you think that is. But like also uh, point out that they can still win the game and they can they can avoid that fate. Um, do you agree with me that it's worse than the other ones? Yes. Yeah, I think. But, 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 but I, I think we should add the caveat that they are playing without Tavares and they, they're now without Muzzin, but like injuries happen. So continue yeah i know some people read that and they're like oh that's that's a hot take ha ha it's like well no i like i spent a lot of time thinking about you know what am i going to write after a game like that and you know the more i thought about it and i did some research and i looked at it and i was like yeah this is worse this is worse you know the leafs are supposed to win this series they're supposed to win this series relatively easily 
This was the most lopsided series in the first round of the NHL playoffs. It's the only one still going in the first round. It's <laughs> it did start later, but yeah. It's uh the it's almost it, it's hilarious that the other teams are already playing in the second round and the Leafs are still <laughs> they're still trying to get past the 18th best team in the league. You know what we did say after after game 1 with what happened with Tavares how big of a loss that would be. You know, we did talk about how the lineup was not really well suited to to compensate for that absence. Um, and you know, that's been borne out because, you know, Sheldon Keefe has, has really, you know, I've talked about this a lot, kind of just like on the phone, um, Sheldon Keefe has really kind of tried to rely on the, on the Matthews line to be uh, a good defensive line as well and play a lot in the defensive zone. I almost think he's got to get away from that in game seven. I like that, that line needs some more offense. They they need it in order to be effective. Like their their confidence and their morale is so low that I, I almost think you just give those those players as many offensive opportunities as you can early in the game, and you need them to be, make the difference. And the what's left on the roster is going to have to get it done in the defensive zone. You know, you, I don't think you can keep putting Austin Matthews in in the defensive zone in this game. Well, he, he clearly he, there hasn't been a line otherwise that he really trusts. And I get and this, it. I yeah, get it. Right. But you, you got to read. You got to read the moment. And like I understand what Sheldon Keefe is thinking. He's thinking they're going to get a. They're going to break through and they're going to get a goal eventually. And we're going to. You know, Montreal's not going to have very many opportunities. Like the Leafs are. You know, the chances. I mean, other than obviously early in Game Five and Game Six, overall in the series, the chances heavily favor the Leafs. But it's not about chances anymore. It's about winning a game. They they need. They need Matthews and Marner to score and ideally score multiple goals in a game, which they did many, many times all season. And they haven't been able to do in this, in this series. Yes. We'll, we'll get into Matthews and Marner in a sec. Um, do you buy what, what Sheldon Keefe was trying to sell after the game? Maybe I, I kind of think it might've just been emotion, but that the pressure of everything has gotten to them. Like, do you buy that? Well, it hasn't. How, how, no, it did. It has. Of course it has. I think game five, they started lackadaisical because they thought they had this. They thought this has been, it's the same fucking, like this team does this all the time for years. It's like when it, when it seems easy and it seems like they've got it done, that's the way that they play. That's what game five felt like to me at the beginning. It's like, we got, we got this, like, we'll just, you know, we'll get this done. We'll turn it on. And then Montreal's all over them. But, but the thing is, James, like, it's not, it, there are a lot of the same players, but like a, a, a huge chunk of the team is not the yeah, same. Yeah, but a huge chunk of the most important parts of the team is the same. That is fair. Do you buy that the, the crowd had, like, how much of an impact do you think uh, the crowd I had think in that's, game six? I think that's so dumb. Don't you? I, I well, mean, I mean, like, as Jason Spezza said, it's not like they've never played with a crowd before. It's so dumb. The, the the Bell Center the Bell Center is like it's the biggest building isn't it unless the United Center is bigger the Bell Center is for people that haven't been there it is a cavern it is huge and you fill it eleven percent full I know the people who were there we weren't there I know the people who who were there said that um, it sounded loud and it sounded like more than twenty five but like come on like with your season on the line in Game Six yeah. the, the Bell Center being eleven percent full is why you can't play. I don't know. Not to me, that enough. that seems crazy. Well, a difference from past Game 7s is this Game 7 will be in Toronto. 
that's an advantage. Like I know there's no crowd, but like you have last change and um, that's something I yeah. think, right? I mean, they're one and two in this series in Toronto. They, they got the, you can't, where they're going to lose three games in Toronto in this series against the team that they're heavily favored against. It would not be good. It would not be good. But I, I do think um, we saw after game one that they just kind of take control of the series and played really well, didn't give up very much, did uh, manage to win some games despite Matthews and Marner not producing. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, James. I think everyone listening to this knows the stats for Austin Matthews and Mitch Martin in this series. One goal, I thought up one until, goal Jonas, for, for combined. Thank you for those who didn't know. Um, I thought up until game five, that line was actually pretty good. Um, they weren't scoring, but like they were just dominating and doing everything. But And then in games, uh, I guess games six especially, they just didn't really have much. Um, how do you weigh this like process versus results? Like in a playoff series, like you need results. Like it's great that all your underlying numbers are fiery, but like you, you, you kind of need I think tangible something. Right? I think they could have got through this series if if Tavares was healthy, if if those guys had had the series that they've had. But yeah, because he probably gets you a couple goals, right? Like I would say, Matthews has been fine, but you need more than fine. Like they they just do. They yeah. just need more than fine. Like I I don't the people that are screaming on social media about how terrible and I mean Marner. Marner has been worse. Marner's game six wasn't an unraveling, right? Like it just... Yeah, he also had some really good looks. And yeah. he also had some pretty good looks in game five as well. Part of the problem with Marner getting looks is that he he can't convert on a lot of them. You know, right. like... In the same way that Matthews can. This is going to be such a weird... I, I never would have predicted. I, I, I Like them losing the series is not that outrageously unexpected. I mean, it, it's unlikely, but it's... I never would have predicted that they might lose the series and everyone would blame the two best players because they had just had a monster seasons. They yeah. were so good all year. And then... I just... It, like, if they lose this game, we're going to spend... What do, we, what do we got here? It's, it's the last day of May. We're going to have June, July, August. The season's going to start late next year, September. It's going to be four months in Toronto of talk radio and fans and talking heads and everyone just piling on the two best players in the organization. It's Well, let's not go there yet because they're not there yet. They can still win this game. And I think, like you you were talking about it before, James, there are things that they can... We're talking about the stakes though, Jonas. Like they need to win this game. Otherwise, that's what's going to happen. Well, and they can win this game if those guys don't play well. Let's, Let's point that out. But this team is built in such a way, especially without Tavares, that you know what? they really need those guys to be... I was watching what? game six and I was watching all when the other lines were on the ice and I know the fans are frustrated, but like I thought a lot of those players had good games. I thought Kerfoot played really well. I thought Engvall played really hard and really, really well. That was one of the best games I've seen Engvall play. 
I mean, those guys, like, it's not enough, right? Like, Spezza played well. Well, James, like, the depth only takes you so far. Like, there's only so many goals Jason Spezza is going to get you, and he's exceeded it. Well, especially there's only so many goals. Depth, especially their depth. You know, I saw Jack Hahn had a post today comparing the Leafs in Colorado, and, you know, Colorado doesn't have Kadri right now, and they're destroying the Golden Knights in, in game one, a very good team. And, and Jack pointed out that, you look at their forward depth, even without Kadri, you know, they've got Saad on the third line and they've got a lot yeah, of guys. Yeah, James, that- instead of Ilya Mikheyev, it's it's Burakowski who can make a play. Instead of like yes. uh, Wayne Simmons, it, it's Jonas Donskoy who can score a goal. Like it's it's yeah. it's different. It's it's not the same. And, and, and that's why Matthews and Marner are so important, no, but like obviously. Probably a lot of fans aren't going to want to hear this, but that's too bad. I mean, you you made a point over and over again near the trade deadline that it might be a mistake going for Foligno um, because if they end up in a situation where they need more goals, which is where they are right now, he's not going to be able to provide them. And that has very much played out that way. It is very, very, very much played out that way. You look like people should go back. You, you got, you got a lot of angry people responding to your Taylor Hall or Nick Foligno uh, tweets and, and, and stories and whatever. I mean, I don't know how you can say you're not right because Foligno is, He's hurt for one. Yeah, they gave up a first and two fourth round picks for him, and he hasn't. I mean, he hasn't scored yet as a leaf. And well, yeah the the idea too that Taylor Hall only would go to Boston and wouldn't come to Toronto. You and I, wrong. you and I both know is false. Yeah, we both know it's false. He would have happily come to Toronto. He and, would have come here. That's something we can get into, but that's that's what happens. Like. You know what was really instructive for me was last year uh, in that Columbus series where you can just go cold. And and I, and James, I keep thinking of all those series like back in the day with Sidney Crosby where remember he'd have these like goal droughts in the playoffs and then he'd take a lot of heat. It can happen. Like it it's a, it's a five, six, seven game series, whatever it is. Guys can just go cold, like even if they're playing well. And I think we've seen some of that with Matthews. Uh, and that's why, like, I, I kind of thought you needed a little extra juice. But you were talking before about, you know, getting these guys more offensive zone starts. Um, do you like the idea of keeping Zach Hyman on their line? Do you think they should put, I don't know, Nick Foligno there? Do you think they should put William Neander there? What do you think they should do to try to really juice those guys up in Game 7? That's a good question. I don't, I don't, you, you want to avoid what happened last year in the Columbus series where it kind of looks panicky when you, you load up the one line and yeah, you don't, I don't know that you want to go to anything that you haven't tried all season. Which would be Neander. Yeah. Or like put Galchenyuk there. I don't know. You can't do that. Well, if if you're just playing him in the, if you're just playing them in the offensive zone, I mean, like if you're just looking for a goal. Maybe you'd be more aggressive. It feels like Sheldon Keefe has been okay, like being patient and waiting to get that one nothing goal until the third period, but that plays into Montreal's hands. Maybe you need to be more aggressive early in the game. And just play the shit out of those guys in the first period, yeah. basically? Yeah. 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 Well, it, and one of the things that hasn't helped in this series um, is, is Joe Thornton has looked really old. Uh, Wayne Simmons has been okay, but like he's not going to give you a goal. Uh, is not going to give you a goal. Engvall is not going to give you a goal. Like it's just, if those guys aren't getting you a goal and Neander is not getting you a goal and he's gotten them a bunch. Well, how many it, of their forwards is that Jonas that can't get you a goal? It's too many. It's a lot. It's yeah, too, it's a lot. there's too many. 
Well, I mean, James, like this, the, the, the leading scorers in terms of goals, Neander's got four, Spezza's got three, Muzzin's got two. That's it. Like that's... But if Muzzin me, had more goals than a bunch of the forwards, I would, you would have said that's crazy. Even Spezza is supposed to be on your fourth line in an ideal world, right? Like, and you yes. know, he, he's one of the guys that... Like, more of the team needs to look like what Spezza looks like. Spezza, Spezza had his probably his best game of the year, right? Like, he, you know, he was really skating. He was really pushing. He was in on every battle. That's the thing that, like, as I was saying earlier about Kerfoot and Engvall and even Mikheyev, like, you know, I think Mikheyev is, is, is a talent issue. It's not, you know, I see him pushing. He tries. Sure. Like, the, I, I feel like a lot of those guys put everything into that game. But if there's just, if there's not a lot there, then. I think something changed though, James, like in the third period in game six, where Matthews and Marner started to look more like Matthews and Marner. And it just feels like. They're they tight. need that the whole game, though, man. Like, they, yeah, just, you know. But it, it, you can sense that they're feeling the pressure of like the pressure to produce. Like, they're <laughs> they're the highest paid players on the team. They're the best play, players on the team, and they, like they don't want it to go down the way it's going down. That's for you no. know. But they 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 need they need the game of their life. I mean, you know, like that's what Game Seven is, right? Like, yeah. Well, and, and James, if they perform in this game and the Leafs go on and they win around and maybe they win two and maybe like who knows what, what happens after this, it'll just change the complexion of everything, obviously, for them. The opposite would, would not be great for them. Um, I, like Matthews feels kind of due. Um, and, and some of what I, I mentioned, I wrote about Matthews and Martyr on Sunday is, is they should use home ice advantage to their advantage. Like, they should pick on some of Montreal's weaker players, get those guys on the ice. Like, I think what you're saying is is a really good point. Just play those guys a lot and and keep shoving them down Montreal's throat in the offensive zone and, and keep making them defend. Yeah. And at if some Montreal point, ices the puck and the fourth line's out there or whatever, you know, or the third D pairs out there, put them out there with Nylander. Load it up. Put your best offensive defenseman out there with them too. Just, you know... The Leafs have controlled play in this series for the most part. Yes. They've they've yes. controlled scoring chances and expected goals. And other than playing really stupidly early in game five and game six, like, you know, they've been able to and then and then in the in the third periods, you, you know, they've been all over them. The talent disparity is still there. Yes. I, I not having Muzzin is gonna be a big problem. I'm sure that's on your list to talk about, but that, like, that is next on the list. So let's let's talk about that. So obviously, at this, he's yeah. he's arguably the best defenseman. I mean, I know Riley plays more minutes, but Muzzin Muzzin cre- creates the second pair for them. He's their best defensive defenseman, no question. And with it, and without without Muzzin, Justin Hall is he's not a less. second pairing guy anymore. You know, you and I yeah. were talking about this yesterday. We were just on the phone, and and I was saying like I almost think you go Dermot Bogosian as your second pair. Yeah, can you see him? Can you see Sheldon Keith doing that? Given his what trust, else, and what are you going to do, Dur- Dermot and Hall? Yeah, well, they did that last year, and that did not work for them. And they they came out of that. I think yeah. Bogosian's played well in the series, don't you? Like, I I think that you know, I know that goal deflected off him there in Game Six, but correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's played pretty well. Yep. There's a, and there's also just a steadiness with him that you haven't felt as much with Justin Hall in the series. And now, Hall is playing harder minutes, more minutes, but... Also, Jonas, I think Riley's had a great series. I play him 30 yes. minutes. I play him 30 minutes in Game 7. I play TJ Brody as many as you think he can play without breaking. 
what can what can Brody play? I mean, I know he's played 30 minutes in games before for Calgary, but he's older yep. now than then. I play Brody well, 25 minutes. James, you saw how Montreal used their defense in game six. That's what they should do. That's what they got to do. But what are those two pairs? I guess you're saying it, it could be Dermot and Bogosian and Sandine Hall, but I can't see that. Like they've you. Well, I mean, hey, with Sheldon Keefe, anything is possible. Like he'll try stuff that I. If you had Muzzin, I wouldn't do that. But without Muzzin, I think you gotta go. You gotta shorten your bench a lot on on D. You got no choice. It's it's hard. It's hard because Hall has been a good player in a lot of games. You know, yep. he's just he, Hall has faltered as the season has gone on. This is not like a new to this series problem. Like he he did not have a good second half of the year and didn't have a great second half of the year last year. It's a, like it might just be a, a bit above what he's capable of. It's really we, a shame that Dermot made that mistake in game six because I thought he's been really, really good. He's had a good well, season. He's just, he's just done what you you said. Like he's just kind of been simple. He's he's not really tried to do too much, which is kind of what happened on that play. Uh, assuming Muzzin is out, and like I guess they could say he's in, but it doesn't seem likely. Uh, Rasmus Sandin will get back in. That's interesting based on the way his last game went, where he played six minutes, two goals against. But I, I do think James. I like, might even think can, about putting in Hutton. I don't like. I don't. Oh, I guess that's possible. What are you What are you going to get out of Sandine at this point? Well, the one thing I, 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 yeah, it's a it's a fair point I hadn't thought about. The one thing he can help, I think, is their power play, which needs it. I like. I, I just think that that that's a sneaky factor in Game Six. They had all these power play opportunities when it's zero zero. All you need is one goal. Like, if if they get one goal, it's the game's probably over. Like they. Well, and their power play just wasn't very good. I don't know what's next. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what's next on your list. And I know that some of our reader questions get into it. But you, the, the number one thing, a lot of people are frustrated with the coaching staff right now. The number one reason they should be is is the power play. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, James, you, you touched on it. You, what is it called in radio? Uh, tease. That's what it's called. You teased a question about the power play. Do you want to repeat the question or do you just want to give me the gist of it? I'm such a tease. Well, you know, here, Jed asks a good question. Win or lose, is it time to think about Keefe as the coach? Um, he's made some poor decisions. Uh, they haven't addressed the power play. He gives too much time on ice to veterans who haven't earned it. And his team isn't motivated. You know, I would say that Sheldon Keefe had a very good season. Yep. Uh, and the playoffs have raised some issues. <laughs> well, so, one of the things, like, James, I wrote about the some of the intriguing people uh, for the Leafs going into the playoffs, and one of them was, was Sheldon Keefe. 
And one of the things like a coach is responsible for is is kind of steering his team when things get shitty, like and when things don't go your way. Um, the power play, I don't like. I don't think his job is in any question. Obviously, I don't actually think it should be either. I know that I don't some think fans are be. calling for that. I, Sheldon Keefe is very very young in his career as a coach, and I think the at, yes, giving up at the first sign of struggle is a bad idea. But let's talk about the power play because I, I there's stuff on there that I haven't liked for a while. Um, the insistence on on Joe Thornton hasn't made a lot of sense. So not- uh, he he talked about this after I think game yes. five. Like, did, did it make sense what he said to you? It was like I, we need a left handed shot to like in like, the middle, basically. Like, you know what I think the problem is, and they're I, like, I don't- this is galaxy brain again, isn't it? Like, aren't you like? Yes. We need a left shot, so let's put the 41-year-old guy that can't play there? Yeah, I, while the guy who's, like, destroying the series is is on the second unit that's getting 30 seconds. So, the, I guess they want to, the way that their power play set up, they want to have different options in different lanes with different shots, which I understand. I mean, that's the way that NHL teams build their power plays now, but there's no other left-hand shot. Like, fuck, like, put Kerfoot there or something. Like, like if you need a left-hand shot, put, come up with somebody else. I think one of the, the bigger problems, um, and and I think it's a, a delicate thing to handle, is, is Marner. And I I just don't think Marner should be in the spot that he's in because he can't. He's not a threat to shoot. And I think they've insisted upon that, insisted on it. And there was a point on Saturday where he ended up in Neilander's spot, and Neilander ended up in his spot. And it looked and, really good. Yeah, and it looked really good if because they it was the old on look. that pass coming over to Neilander, then yes. he could have one timed it right there, right? Yeah. Yes, and they haven't done that. And I, I was that I, a Matthews pass to Neilander, if I remember. Yes, Is that right. Yeah, and that was the old. Yeah. What was the 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 term? Uh, Ian Tullock used it. What, uh, what's the? I can't remember. It's it's a play. River. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. The cross-ice pass that they used to have. Yeah, I don't I don't remember what the... But yeah, they used it quite effectively for... I mean, that that's going back to like 2018, right? Like that's that's, yeah. year, that's years ago. Well, and, and I just think there's, there's something delicate about taking Marner off the top power play unit in a way that it isn't with, with Neander. Maybe you don't have to take him off. Maybe you just need to move him somewhere else because like he just isn't... He's just not a threat. And their insistence on that hasn't made a lot of sense to me, but like maybe Rasmus Sandin, if he does play helps. Um, but man, like this has been a problem for months. And like we talked about it going into the series, this could come back to haunt them. Their, their power play has got them a couple goals in the series, but there's a bunch of things like this. Helped. Like, yeah. you know, we should have, we should have probably written about the power play in more in depth because it was one of those things that, you know, when it happened for like three weeks and it's like, you know what, these things are cyclical. They're going to figure it out. It's going to get hot again, et cetera, et cetera. The power play was so good. The first, like whatever it was, six weeks of the season, except this is one of the rare instances I can remember where it's not cyclical. It's, it's a disaster. It's a, it's a complete disaster. Yeah. And, and it, it, uh, this series is like the culmination of all these little things that, you know, we kind of, you don't want to pick too many nits when you're analyzing the team. You don't want to be like, well, what about this? And what about that? And, you know, the team had a pretty good season, but if you take all those little nits and you add them on top of each other and they've all come back to roost in this, the power play is one of them, Foligno trade there. I'm sure, you know, there's going to be other, you know, 
having your forward depth have too many old guys who who can't produce enough offense. Jason Spezza accepted. Um, there's just there were all these things that um, seemed like they weren't going to be major problems that have have kind of really yeah. mani- manifested themselves in a big way in this series. Well, and if you can ding Sheldon Keefe on something, the handling of the power play is it. Well, that's what I said like, off the top. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fair. Is there uh, – do you want to move on? We'll, we've got time, I think, for like two more questions. Daniel would like to know, Jonas, you're Sheldon Keefe. What are some specific changes you make, lineup strategy, whatever, for winning game seven? Uh, oh, and he says, Myrtle, you're Dubas. What are some specific actions you make after they inevitably lose game seven? I think we're going to save – that yeah. conversation for, I mean, the, I guess the day after and we'll, we'll have a podcast and we'll, we'll pick through the ashes of what they do. I just think that that's a long, complicated conversation. Yeah. And that's not what this podcast is going to be. So, you know, in terms of them winning game seven, we've talked about a lot of the things they could potentially do. You know, I think that trying to put the Matthews line in more favorable offensive situations, play Nylander more. How many minutes did he have in, in game six? I don't have that. I think he was around 20, but obviously make sure, time. Make sure he gets 20 during regulation. You know, he's been really good in this series. I would also play Spezza more. I mean, I know ideally he's on the fourth line, but if he's playing the way he's playing, when they needed those goals and they started playing him more and started playing him with better players, he looked really good and he got a goal. So, so, I don't know why they got away from that. I would just do that from the start of the game. Well, and he didn't play much in overtime. So, Spezza played 12 minutes. Nylander played 24 and a half. Matthews played oh, okay. 30 and change. Marner played 30 and change. Um, well, how long did overtime even go? Like, it wasn't that long. It went 15 minutes. Oh. Was it 15 minutes? I think it was 15 minutes. Jeez, that went pretty fast. <laughs> How many, but high, one thing how many James scoring that they chances do, did, the, did the Habs have in that 15 minutes? Yeah, not, not many. Ma- not very many. But one thing that they absolutely should do is they should stop playing Nick Foligno at center. Like I – That was hurt. a questionable move at the time. He's he's hurt. He's, like he, he can't – he can barely move. It seems. He's, like you can tell he's another guy. Like he's giving you what he's got, but he's, he's playing at like 60% or something. Like he's just – And he's 33. Like he's not yeah. – 60% when you're He looks like a fourth-line guy to me, to be honest. Like, I just – like, I, I think that he's trying, and you can see when he gets the on the puck, he's making smart decisions, and he's battling and whatever, but he's not – if he was at 100%, it's a different equation. I mean, if he's at 100%, he's like, whatever, you're eighth or your ninth best forward, right? If he's at 60%. Yeah, he's like poor man Zach Hyman. Yeah. Older man Zach Hyman. Slower, not as skilled. Let me ask you this, James, as a, a someone care. from Kamloops, I've heard. Um, what do you think about the idea of playing Riley Nash in Game 7? I think it's okay if you use him in like a really kind of like specialized role, uh, you know. Yeah, the, I feel the, that the, way too. He can probably give you more than Joe Thornton right now. And it, it, it's... Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought You could just it. play him... Because Joe Thornton, you can't play as your fourth line center in the D zone. I just can't see him scratching Joe Thornton in Game 7. It's possible. Just like for just morale or whatever? It. Yeah. I mean, the the guy, like, I, I hate to keep harping on him. I, I, I just, I get why Alex Galchenyuk is in the lineup. It, it's just hard to trust that guy in a But in they a need the like offense, this. though. But they need they? the offense. Yeah, I get it. They've got all these really one-dimensional players right now, don't they? Like, that's, it just, without to but, but James, as much as we say they need the offense, they were they were needing goals in, in the third period on in game six, and he didn't play. Right. 
and they got two goals. So that, I don't know. That, that makes sense. Yeah. And it's not like there's nobody like waiting in the wings that they can put in that. Yeah, it's a problem. It felt like they had all these, these four. Robertson's hurt, isn't he? Uh, I believe. I'm not sure. He didn't have the greatest HL season. Yeah. I'm not saying put him in. I was just wondering. Like, they, they don't even have a lot of options. We should probably get to another couple questions here, right? Yeah. Alex says, I don't have a question. I just want to say I feel like a sucker for thinking this year would be different. You know, there's a lot of people feeling that way. Um, why the Leafs hate the fans so much? Does the pain ever actually they go? They do not. Does the, does the pain ever actually go away? Will they expose Hall in the expansion draft because he can't clear the puck out of his own zone? I don't know if they think about differently about the expansion draft. Lately, I've been well, thinking that I would like to keep Dermot around. We'll get to all those things after the season. Yeah. For sure. Uh, why can't the Leafs rise to the occasion in a series clinching game? Why do we do these, this to ourselves, James? Uh, another, why do we do this to ourselves? Why can't we have nice things? I have no confidence in them winning game seven. What is the fallout going to look like? I'm not kidding, Jonas. This is literally what I'm reading. Yeah, it's understandable. Mm. All they need to do is win a game. Should Dubas trade sounds- Marner? What did we do to deserve this? I have a question and a follow-up. What the heck? Seriously, what the heck? Mm, what is it about Marner's game that seems to get stymied by playoff hockey? Do you want to answer that one? Well, I, I do think it's interesting that that he has one goal in the last three playoffs. Um, Isn't it like no goals in like 17 playoff games now or something like yeah. that? Yes. I know that his, he's primarily a passer, but I mean, even has he set up a brilliant play on a pass? Like there haven't been a lot of passes that have turned into one-timers or like amazing chances. No, we haven't seen many of those Marner to Matthews wow kind of plays. And you I wonder, even, like, you know how, like, Jonas, they're all over the offensive zone and they're cycling and it feel, they feel dangerous and there's, there's chance and then the, they, there's a rebound and then they, there's another chance and, like, that, that's not happening at all. I'm not sure that that's totally true. Like, I mean, game, up until game five, at the end of game five, that line had been in, like, I went back and watched a bunch of their clips. They're just in the offensive zone every shift and just, like, pounding Montreal and, like, they lose the puck and they get it back and then they generate more zone time and, it's just like they're kind of like, uh, what's the word, crowding Matthews and he's just not getting great looks. So, that was anyway. that was a very good reflection of what the pod bag looked like today. It was a lot of angst and sadness. And do you think, I was going to say, I might as well just say it. Like, do you think there's any danger that Leafs fans kind of Tune, tune the team out a little bit if if they're unsuccessful here in this game? Let's wait for the game to... The game, like the series is not over. So, well, so, let's, so what's let's, your, let's save let, that Let's do this, this. I mean, this will be like, what's your prediction for the game? Do you think they're going to win? I think they'll win. I don't think they're going to win. Wow. Okay. I don't well, think, hey, they've, they have not earned your benefit of the doubt. I think... I, I've just I think seen this. I've seen this movie before, Jonas. This is like the sequel where it's like, oh, they just like put the same... They put There's a couple of different characters and the plot's a little bit different, but the ending is... It's like James Bond always wins at the end. <laughs> the, <laughs> Leaf, the Leafs always seem to blow it. I mean, you know what? Honestly, as, as someone who's not a fan, but who has written about the team for, you know, 13, 14 years, and you've been around the team even longer than that... It would be nice to write a different story about the team. Like it would be nice to, it would be nice not to have to 
I don't know if bury them is the right word. The crazy thing about this year, Jonas, is that they did, like, I think in past years, you could see it coming. You could see where the fault lines were. You could see the mistakes that they made. I, you know, if I look at mistakes that, that management made this year building this team, it's not like other years. It's not like where they, they, there were missed opportunities or they largely did, you know, getting Brody was the right move and Jack Campbell's played really, really well and Bogosian's played well. And what, what are some other things I'm missing? I mean, they, they largely made a lot of smart decisions in, in building this team and they had a good season. We haven't seen this before. We haven't seen it before where management does the right things. They have a really strong year. They win the division. And then they still bleep it up at the end of the, the end of the year. We have that this hasn't happened before. What's the that the show? That's hockey? That's hockey, James. That's Leafs hockey. I mean, not every team and like some teams figure it out. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, James, the series is not over. Let's see what happens in Game 7, and then we'll go from there. Um, if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, go to theathletic.com slash report. Check us out. And we will be back in some form or another after Game 7. James, thank you for doing this, and we will chat soon. 